Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Managing Mindset During Mega Change. There are times in life when it feels like things have majorly taken a turn for the worse. Maybe you are experiencing that in one or more areas of life this year. It's been a big year of change. You might feel like certain things are coming apart or other things are not coming together the way you had hoped. And it is in those moments, those beautiful and also difficult moments that we define who we are as a person. We get to choose how we move forward in the face of adversity. And it is a true test to our mindset. You know, we all perceive life in different ways, but have you ever thought about the fact that you can literally choose your perception? We can create and then recreate how we see ourselves and how we see life. So there's no better person to talk about mindset. My guest today is a total inspiration. He has an incredible mindset. And really, the thing that caught me when I met him first um, about him was this light that shines so bright out of him. So my guest today is Rodney Flowers. He is the author of the life-affirming and highly inspiring best-selling book, Get Up, I Can't, I Will, I Did. Here's how, which teaches empowering life principles to transform your spirit and motivate you to awaken the amazing power within you to overcome any challenge. He's the founder and host of Game Changer Mentality Podcast, the place for motivational insights, powerful strategies, interviews, stories, and tools, along with actionable advice from people who have successfully changed the game in some area of their personal or business life. After a traumatic high school football injury in 1993, Rodney was bound to the confines of his wheelchair. Although he was told his prognosis for recovery was very unfavorable, Rodney knew he would turn things around, make an impact on the world, and walk again. So with no further ado, I welcome Rodney Flowers to the show. Hey, Rodney, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're with me today. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here and share and get to talk to you. Oh, my goodness. It's been not too long since you and I have been in the same sort of environment and we decided to do it again. And so I'm just grateful for that opportunity. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I'm a big fan of when I see light in people's eyes and I feel their amazing energy. And so that's what I felt when I, you interviewed me for your show and I was like, I need to share this light with, with all of our friends here at the Soul Frequency Show. So I'm happy we're going to be doing this. And I think your topic, like you teach on mindset and we're going to be talking about managing mindset during mega change 
And there's really like no better time to be talking about that than halfway through or a little more than halfway through 2020. Um, And so we're going to dive into that. But I want to just, one of the things about you that just moves me to my core is your mindset. Like, is your ability to be resilient? Is your ability, like, I literally got tears in my eyes just reading about your life journey and who you are as a person. Like, I mean, really the mark of everything is like who we show up as right in the world. And that is one of the things that just moved me about you. And so maybe, you know, for those of you that don't know you yet, um, those of us that don't know you yet, you can just share like what brought you to teaching people about mindset and to where you are today. All right. So how I got here. Wow. Interesting question. Um, so for those that don't know me, when I was 15 years old, I was a star football player. And during the third game of my sophomore year in high school, I was lined up on the right side of the field and we were kicking the, the, the ball off to start to the third quarter. And so I ran down the field as fast as I could because I wanted to make a play as we kicked this ball off and the kick returner caught the ball, started heading back into my direction. And then boom, I made contact with the runner. I went down and he went down, but I didn't get back up. So the trainers and teammates and my family all ran over to me to find out what was going on. Why wasn't I getting up? And they found me lying on the field, motionless, crying out for help to get up because I couldn't get up and I didn't have any sensation. I didn't have any movement in my body. And so they transported me to the regional hospital locally and they started running all kinds of tests on me and they started evaluating me and let me tell you the 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 extent of this evaluation I couldn't feel anything to the point that they were cutting the bottom of my feet to the point that my feet were bleeding and I could not feel it that's just how bad it was and so they put me on a helicopter transported me to Duke University Hospital where later that night I was diagnosed as a quadriplegic paralyzed from the neck down, no movement or sensation. Uh, And the prognosis was paralyzed for the rest of my life. At the time, there was no cure. There still isn't. Um, There was no procedure that they felt would um, revert the injury. And they told my family to start preparing for me to live a life in a wheelchair, paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of my life. And as devastating as that was, there was a little voice inside me that just was not willing to accept it. And after about a year of having a pity party, feeling sorry for myself and feeling like life was over and not knowing what my life was going to be like and having a lot of uncertainty, sort of like how a lot of people are feeling right now, Um, I heard that voice loud and clear, you know, just sort of tell me to, to get up, to get up. And I realized that the things that I lost in that moment were still available to me and they were available in more abundance than what I had originally envisioned with playing football. And I realized that I could regain or re or obtain everything that I wanted um, in my life by just attempting 
to get up. Not actually getting up, but attempting to get up. There's so much that I could gain out of attempting to get up that it sort of created this perception of life for me that life was an opportunity, that I had one of the greatest and biggest opportunities of my life. Because if I could overcome, or if I could demonstrate not giving up and being a person that in the face of adversity is just gonna stand and still pursue goals, still pursue dreams, no matter what. I mean, this was one of the, you know, people don't get paralyzed every day, but people deal with challenges every day. And so if you could be someone that in the face of something that most people would never ever face in their life, you could face it in a way that it provides so much inspiration to someone who's facing something that's seemingly a little less traumatizing, how inspiring that would be, how impactful that would be, how influential that would be. I, I wanted to be that guy. And I felt, wow, what would that be like in 10 years, five years, 20 years, 15 years? What, what kind of life would I have? And I began to see things that would be a result of being that guy if I decided to be that guy right now. And I made a vow to myself to, to walk again or die trying that was it i was i committed to trying for the rest of my life and if i didn't get it i had to keep trying until either i got it or i passed away and that has led me to after 18 long years uh being able to walk again i mean i walk with crutches right now which is amazing and miraculous in its own right and I've been able to tell this story all around the world to people. So I became this person whose mission in life is to be an example of what's possible. That's who I am, is to be an example of what's possible. And so that's how I got to, to where I am right here today. Oh, it's just, it's so moving. And the part where you were talking about committing to either walking or dying trying, like it just, that... It, it makes me think about, like you talk about, you know, we all have things that we face, right? Like in life. And sometimes, you know, those things are smaller things, but they feel big, right? To the individual sure, and they feel absolutely. difficult. Um, but that level of commitment, that level of saying, I will never, you know, I will die trying, right? Or I will do this. Like one or the other is going to happen. Like it made me, when you were saying that, think about how often we as human beings sell ourselves short, right? We say, oh, I'll try for three months, right? Or I'll try for a week. And if it doesn't happen, then it wasn't meant to happen or we give up on ourselves or we feel down on ourselves. And what if we took that level of like commitment just all the way, like I'm going all the way, no matter what, like what would happen in our lives? I have total goosebumps right now, just saying that by the way. <laughs> well, I feel, so I feel like we associate a time frame to everything. Yep. We're willing to try for this amount of time and we feel that within this amount of time, if it doesn't happen, it's not possible. I mean, doctors told me that. They told me, you know, within two years, you'll get the most return if you're going to get it. And then with, within five years, you know, that's maxed out. We've, we've not seen anyone with a spinal cord injury regain strength, recovery, and function beyond five years. And so when you, you get that ingrained in your head and time is ticking. You're at the five-year mark. 
doctors have been telling you this and you're not at your goal. And so you're feeling like, why put forth the effort? Because, you know, I'm at this time frame, nothing has happened. It seemingly feels like nothing is going to happen. And it's an illusion. And what I've done is disassociated the time factor from it. And that's where that commitment comes in because there is no time once you commit the commitment is there. And if you commit for the rest of your life, it's like a marriage. That's just it. That's just what it is. We've committed to this. That's what we're going to do. But you have to disassociate a time because time is more like an excuse for you to not commit. And I felt like, what was the alternative? I'm paralyzed. I mean, <laughs> any gains, how small it may be, would be a win for whatever it is it would be a win for me and to not try would be to not give myself the opportunity of possibility and I live by that you have to give yourself the opportunity of possibility so if you want to get over something you have to give yourself the opportunity to get over it and the uh, giving yourself the opportunity may be trying it may be your routine it may be you know, consistent meditation. It may be saving your money. It may be filling out, you know, 25 applications a week. It may be whatever it is that will allow you to gain an advantage. And for me, it was twitching my muscles. For me, it was getting in the wheel, a manual wheelchair every single day. You know, for me, it was standing up, even though I couldn't hold myself up, but, you know, soliciting family and friends to stand me up so I can just get weight in my legs on a consistent basis, trying to retrain my brain to just feel what it feels like to have weight on my legs and, you know, send that signal from my legs back to my brain and then back down. And so I would do little things like this to give myself that opportunity, regardless of what the doctors were saying. I would just, I really believed in giving myself the opportunity of possibility. I love that. And what did the doctors say when you have defied what they said was possible? Like, what's their reaction to that? Well, now it's scientific. It's scientific. They say, oh, so yeah, you know, well, the brain is plastic <laughs> and you can retrain the brain. And that's what you've done with your spinal cord, your spinal system, your, your nervous system. You've retrained it. You know, your nerves have regenerated but they didn't tell me that in the beginning that that was even possible. But that, that's how they are diagnosing it now. That's that's the scientific, you know, reason for what I'm doing now. And that really goes back to giving myself the opportunity of possibility. Who knew I could do that? No one told me that. And so I'm very thankful and grateful that I took the time and the effort to do the hard stuff, to stand up and, and do the weight bearing, to push the chair, to do the twitching, to do all of those little things, because it was those little things that allowed my spinal injury, my nervous system to retrain itself. Now, I don't really know what's going on in there. I don't know what nerves have regenerated. I know I just have function that I didn't have and that doctor said I wouldn't get. And the thing about it is, I go to the gym every day. I walk, I, I do a, a mile, uh, just about a mile every day in the gym between my elliptical and this, there's this huge hill where I live and I walk that twice, twice a week. And I get on the treadmill, I get on the elliptical and I do my cardio every single day. And I'm walking faster and stronger than I ever have since the accident. What's the explanation of that? And I just think it's consistency to me. You know, I don't have a scientific definition. I don't, the doctors may, but I don't. I just call it consistently and, 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 and manifestation and 
stick to itiveness and determination and progress. I call it progression. That, that's what that is for me. I love it. And, you know, it makes me think about, you know, we create our reality, right? So if you are just boom, this is what the reality is going to be. And then you're showing up consistently with the action steps of that, right? And it's fascinating how the doctors say, you know, from a very scientific standpoint, oh, well, really in truth, all of this is changeable, right? Mm -hmm. That you can change your brain and you can change your reality. Um, It just, I think that for anybody listening, that can be applied to any single thing in your life. Like, because so often we grow up maybe in certain ways and we have limits on what we think is possible for ourselves, or we've adopted limits of our caregivers or adopted limits of the people around us. And, and we just play in this smaller box because we don't see anything bigger. So in your coaching practice, like what would you say is the number one thing like around mindset that people get stuck in or that you're coaching on and you find time and time again, like, oh, if people just knew this, it would really help them move forward. If they knew that they could change <laughs> their reality, if they knew that their percept, their current perception of things doesn't have to be their reality, if they knew that if you perceive a thing, you actually have it when you perceive it, and then you just go through the process of making it more of a physical reality. And so for me, just to explain that a little bit further, I did a lot of visualization. You know, it's funny because I I woke up just a couple of weeks ago and I'm not tooting my own own horn here, but this is a a very true experience that happened. Um, I woke up and I walked in the bathroom and I've been training harder now than I ever have. I have my personal trainer. We hit the gym every day and I've been doing a lot of weightlifting and I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, wow, you know, because one of the things that hurt me the most when I got hurt at 15 was I lost a lot of muscle mass after I got hurt. And I was a very physically fit individual and I took a lot of pride in that. And then when I lost that, and then I lost the ability to work out, that was devastating to me. And I've been trying to get back to that ever since then. And I'm starting to see some of the definition that I've been wanting to see for years. And I've seen it in the mirror. And I looked around at some of the things that you know, that's present in my life right now. I looked around at several things and some of it was materialistic and some of it was just where I am emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And it took me back to when I was lying on the bed and I was visualizing all of those things. I wanted that feeling. I wanted that body. I wanted the things that were, that are around me. And I realized after 27 years, I actually have much of what I was visualizing at the, at the time. And I had this perception in my mind of what, who I am and what my life was like. And I've stuck with that for years. But a lot of times we get stuck in what our current situation is and how, how that is perceived upon us. And that we, we make that our reality. And it's, we can't see beyond the, the, the adversity. We can't see beyond the obstacle. We can't see beyond the opposition. And I really encourage people to have the vision to see beyond what's right in front of you. I always believe then where I am right now is a result of what I've been thinking and perceiving in my past. And where I'm going to be 
in the future is going to be a result of what I'm thinking and perceiving about myself right now. And so if I can focus on what I'm thinking about and what my perception is, I can predict my future. And so getting a grasp, I know COVID-19 is impacting a lot of people. And I've never looked at COVID-19 as a, as horrible as it is, I've never looked at it as a bad thing. I just looked at it as, as opposition. But the thing about opposition is it makes you better if you have the right perception about it. And that's the key because you can rise above any opposition. Doesn't matter whether it's paralysis, financial crisis, social injustice, COVID-19, all it is, it's just a different flavor of an obstacle or adversity or opposition that's showing up in your life, which requires you to show up a certain way. But in you discovering how to show up, you become better. So I'm grateful for that opportunity because without it, I may not discover where I could have improved. I may not have discovered where I, and it, I get it, this is uncomfortable. It causes you to stretch, but that's what growth is. And so I would just, you know, offer people to stretch their vision, stretch your perception of what this is. And here's the key. Here's, here's, here's a little secret. Stretch your vision of what it could be. A lot of times we're focused on what it is. And yes, we have a laundry list of what it is, but what could it be? And then here's another secret. Who could you be? And then here's another one. How have you been in this? And how is that serving you? Beautiful questions to just self-assess, to look at yourself in this. And I really, for me, you know, I play football. And so whenever I'm on the field, it's me against my opposition. It's my team against my opposition. And I have a role in that. So who am I going to be on the field when I drop the ball? or I get tackled, or I miss a play. Who am I going to be in that moment? Because that's the most critical moment. Anybody can celebrate when you're doing well, you're catching passes, you're running your routes perfectly, the opposition can't keep up with you, you're annihilating them, you're defeating them, and there's nothing. But see, we know how you're going to be in there. You're going to celebrate, and you're going to be, you know, you're going to feel really good about yourself. But, you know, there's no growth when you're always in that state. You're always winning. So... Given, I'm glad you brought up everything that's going on in the world and COVID-19 and, you know, you were talking about like the opposition and that these, these things that are opposition make us grow. They make us see things that we wouldn't see before. And therefore being grateful for that is, is so important. And I'm just wondering, you know, certainly like there are people that in the opposition, you know, whether like you said, it's social injustice or financial, you know, like strife with everything that's going on. Um, sometimes we get stuck in that, right? And we're not seeing it as, as a path to growth. And so I'm wondering, is there something, if someone's listening to this and they're really feeling just, and it's largely emotional, I think a lot of times, just emotionally stuck in the loss or the challenge or the opposition or the difficulty, like what is one tool that you have that can help us move into the perspective of, oh, this is for our growth, right? And I can actually see my vision clearer as I start to move through this time in my life. Well, I mean, just like in a sports game, whenever the team isn't playing well or the opposition is getting the best of the team, the coach calls a timeout. 
And so that timeout is very critical. And so sometimes we need to call a timeout in our own lives and practice a little bit of stillness. Just get still. You don't play. Like when there's a timeout, they're not still on the field or on the, on the court. They go, they huddle, they take a break. And that's critical. You stop. You assess. And then the, the, the coach is, if he's a good coach, he's looking at, hey, this is how you've been playing. He's raising their awareness about things. That's what his job is to do. Raise their awareness. And so if you don't have a coach and if you're wanting to know what to do as an individual, you stop, you practice stillness in order to raise your awareness. You ask yourself certain questions that's going to raise your awareness. Like, how have I been playing this game? What is my perception about my opposition? What is my perception about what I'm going through? Do I have a growth mindset or a victim mindset or a stuck mindset? And so when you start asking yourself, sometimes we can't see ourselves because everything that's out there is a distraction. I really believe in living from the inside, living from your heart, living from your core values. Because when you live from your core values, you can behave and act and think based on your core values and your objectives and your mission and your purpose, how you want to show up in life. Opposition can distract you from your game plan. And it's okay. That's life. It happens. But when it does, you have to know to call time out and practice stillness. One of the things I really love about COVID-19 is it put everyone in a timeout. And I thought, please take advantage of this time. Look at and evaluate your life because things are getting ready to change. The game has shifted. The momentum has shifted. And in order for you to continue to play well, you have to be in tune with who you are, what your core values are, and how you're going to continue throughout the rest of the game. What changes do you need to make? What perceptions do you need to change? How do you need to work? Where do you need to put your focus? What improvements do you need to make as an individual? The world is shifting. The game has shifted. The opposition has shifted to a place where you can't run over there anymore. You can't play that game anymore the way you were playing it. It doesn't mean you can't win. It means that you got to adjust your strategy. You got to be strategic. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to change. In order to win, you have to change. When things shift, you have to shift with it. And I believe in calling that timeout practicing stillness, raising your awareness, understanding what this is. It can be a distraction if you let it. It can be, it could cause you to go into a victimhood sort of mentality, or it can be a growth mechanism, or it can be an opportunity. I'm writing a white paper right now about will your business survive the pandemic? And I'm talking about companies who are successful in this pandemic? And how are they thriving when so many other companies are closing their doors or finding it difficult to operate? And what I'm finding is these companies are, they have resilient employees. They're fast in their thinking and their decision-making. They know exactly what their objectives are, where they want to go. And they have identified the weaknesses that they can exploit in the situation. And see, that's what great teams do. 
That's what great players do. That's what great coaches do. And in my mind, that's what great people do in the midst of situations like this. Mm, it's so powerful. And where do you, just get a curious question, like, what do you think the bigger like meaning and purpose of this time is that that we're I mean clearly there's so much wonderful necessary change going on right in our um in our lives and in how we treat each other and in how we care for each other and and then there's also you know so much going on with like I believe the same thing you said us all being put on a timeout to really learn and evaluate and to look within where do you think this is going like just a personal opinion well i think it's challenging for all of us in the area of connection because now we can't you know there's so many restrictions we can't really go out and physically touch someone we have to connect with them over digital platforms or telephone and so we have to be individuals who have the sympathy and the empathy and the ability to emotionally connect with individuals through these types of means, which is very difficult. And it really requires you to understand and to be present with people, and to be vulnerable with people, to really open up yourself. Because without those things, it's very difficult to to connect because we, we have these things that are in between us. We have this digital wall, if you will, or this digital platform that's in between us. And so I think we're going to get there because we're going to be forced to get there in order to operate, in order to do our work, in order to progress forward. And so those skills that are weak, they will become stronger. Those people that already have that, that skill set, they will rise faster and will be, be the leaders of tomorrow. But I think as a whole, as a human race, we will find ways to connect and collaborate and be even more connected as a result of the challenge that we have right now. And that's, that's the opportunity here. That's, that's the blessing. Just like with my accident, I mean, I'm, I'm more of a thing because the accident happened to me, more of a positive thing. There's a lot of positive, positive things that came out of me getting hurt, but it's because I, I chose that path. And so there's still an individual responsibility to be in the right mindset to accomplish those things. But I think it's it's a necessary, it's a necessary skill set we're gonna have to learn just to be relevant and to participate in you know, the path going forward. That's that's the only way we're gonna be able to contribute in my mind. And so I think. I think this this is going to open up that opportunity. I think you're going to see more collaborations because we're in this environment. And I think um, personally, the way of work is going to change. Uh, the way of business has already changed and it's going to continue to change. I think you'll see more digital platforms popping up and more ways to connect with people digitally in corporate spaces. And I think we're going to, I think individual, I think there's still an, an, a necessary need for individuality, but then I think teams and collaboration is going to be even more important. And so your ability to connect and participate on a team and, and you know, uh, contribute to a team, utilizing your strengths and then allow other people of your team to step up for you or take care of the things that you're not as strong. In 
because that's sometimes challenging for people because they want to own all of it. And we're not going to be able to own all of it because, you know, we, we're going to be operating in a team environment due to this, uh, due to this new way of doing business. And I think, I think that's a blessing as, as well um, to, to be in that space. So that's from a personal standpoint, I think uh, that's where we're going. I don't think we'll ever go back 100% to the way it was. I think those days are over. Um, I think this is one of those things, sort of like a spinal cord injury. To me, it is that it has happened, and I know we want to go back to completely exactly the way it was, but you don't. You just you. This is sort of one of those things, like a mark that doesn't go away, but you still can overcome it. The mark will still be there. You'll see and you'll know that you've been through this experience, but yet it won't dictate. 100% how you go forward. It's going yes. to influence it, but it won't it won't dominate it because we will over we will overcome this. Yeah, and we'll grow forward from it, right? And yes. grow in new ways. So I love that. Really important. I see eye to eye on a lot of what you just shared um, about the future of business and teams and things of that nature, and certainly digital platforms. Um, I just want to mention your two books. One is Get Up, I Can't, I Will, I Did, Here's How. And the other one, Essential Assertions. Um, and also, I know you coach people and I know you're fantastic. I mean, your mindset is so on point. So maybe you can tell people if they're interested in doing a discovery call with you and finding out more about your coaching, where can they go to find that? Sure, you can go to rodneyflowers.com to find more uh, about me. And if you're interested in coaching, I do a free uh, coaching consultation, uh, you can find that at rodneyflowers.com forward slash get started. Uh, my books are located on my site as well. And I'm also on social media, all platforms of social media. And you can email me personally at rodney at rodneyflowers.com. I love that. And the Game Changer Mentality podcast is his show. It's a phenomenal show. He's a phenomenal host. Um, and I want to ask you the four questions before we close out that we ask all of our guests. Just an opportunity to share something that might be coming up in your life now or new realizations you've had. So the first question has to do with truth. I think that truth is a big catalyst in our life when we come across something that we go, oh my gosh, this is a brand new truth I've realized about myself or about life, that it can really change how we move forward. It can really change our perspective. So what is a big truth and maybe one that you've come across recently that was a big perspective shift for you? Well, this one, it didn't come across recently. This is something that I've lived by ever since my accident. And it's, you know, everything is a process. It's all a process. And if you want to go from A to B, you have to go through the process. And I believe a lot of people want to get to their destination, whether it's A to B or A to Z, but they want to skip all the alphabets in between. And it just doesn't work that way. And I realized that you don't want it to because there are things that happen between each step from A to B, B to C, C to D, D to E, that are development tools, essential, critical elements to your development. And when you skip those things, you may need that down the road. And that could be to your detriment to get to Z if you skip B, C, and D uh, because you thought you didn't need it or it seemed so elementary or whatever the case may be. We have to go through the process. And then we have to trust the process. You have to trust that when you put a seed in the ground, if you water it and you cultivate it, trust that it's good soil, first of all. 
And then trust that you are doing the right thing to bring what the DNA in that seed forward and out of the ground. And we, we have to be farmers of our goals, our dreams, our objectives in life. We have to be farmers of those things and truly cultivate it. And that means you have to go through the process. Like a good farmer, he, he, there's a process to bringing the crop forward. There's a process to being a great player. There's a process to making it to the NFL. There's a process to being an, an outstanding leader. There's a process to bringing a child forward. It takes nine months of incubation. We cannot skip the incubation period. Be willing to go through that, seriously. And I know it's uncomfortable. You know, I was <laughs> the story about the butterfly really has um, stuck with me. And it's something that I... I've practiced and I've gotten, people have gotten upset with me over this because sometimes I don't allow people to help me with certain things, not all things, but there were certain things like pushing my chair and walking that I, I wouldn't allow. It was certain things that were sacred to me. I wouldn't allow them to help me because I didn't want them to take my growth away. I didn't want them to take my challenge away. And just like a butterfly, when the butterfly is seemingly struggling to get out of the cocoon, it's actually developing the strength and the muscle and the functionality to fly while it's in the cocoon. And if you take that away, it will not learn how to fly. It will not be able to fly. If you help the butterfly through that process, it's to its demise. It will not fly and it will, if it can't fly, it's gonna die. And so if you wanna fly, you have to go through the process of learning how to fly. Oh, so beautiful and so accurate. And what is it that when you look back on your journey that you have released, maybe you come came up against a limiting mindset or a way of being or perception or even people, environmental things where you said, if I release this, if I move this out of my life, like I will grow and move forward. What was something you came up against and needed to release? You know, it's something that I still release now because we always compare where we are to where we want to go. And sometimes where we are compared to where we want to go seems disappointing. <laughs> uh, I wanted to walk again for a very long time and I gave it everything that I had for a very long time. And, you know, it took a long time for me to get there. And during those times that I hadn't reached my goal, it seemed as if I wasn't making progress. It seemed as if I was never going to get there because I was focused on the destination. And so I had to let that go and focus on micro wins, focus on winning the day, focus on being successful in the moment, focus on having it now. You've put this much effort in and you're not there and all the feelings that come with that. Letting all that go. When I let that go and I can win, I can create wins in my life because that's all story anyway. So we can tell ourselves a good story every day. Celebrate the small. I believe a lot of people say, um, they're focused on the destination. That's what it is. A lot of people, when they start out on their journey or they're trying to overcome something or they're trying to get to a place, all they can see is the destination. And that is not the most important part of overcoming. The most important part of overcoming is the thing that you have to accomplish today. It is the small micro things that you have to overcome day to day maybe even throughout the day, maybe minute to minute, hour to hour, because it could be conquering your thoughts about certain things. And so when you can start winning the day, I would wake up and I would tell myself, you got to win the day, just win the day. Then the next day, win the day. And the next day, win the day. Next thing you know, I've won a month. 
And then there were some days I didn't win, but I would add it up. What's the score? I won, you know, 25 days and I had five days that I didn't feel like I won, but I'm still a winner. Why? Because I won the month and it's okay to have a bad day. Just letting go of constantly not being where you want to go or get to and all the feelings that are associated with that. Got to let that go. Yeah. So powerful. And how did that change your experience when you, cause I can feel over the progression of your life journey that you have, you have mastered that or gotten to a, a higher place of mastery of being able to, you know, like you said, commit to the whole journey. Like I'm either going to do this or I'm going to die trying. So how did that change your life experience rather than those moments where, you know what I mean? You get on yourself or you get upset and it's not happening fast enough or soon enough. So I believe your habits dictate your life. If you want to be successful, you got to win your habits. And so by having that mindset that I've just described, it created habits in my life, habits of winning the day, habits of getting up, putting in a routine and implementing that routine on a daily basis and setting myself up to win. And so I knew how to win the day. I knew what things I needed to do to win the day. And so I was just place, you know, processes and systems in place for my day that I would always win, sort of like sharpening the saw. And mm-hmm. that's that's what that did to me. And so now I have successful habits, right? And so when you have successful, successful habits, you can almost guarantee success. You know, habits produce success or not. You're, you're, you're not successful or overcoming is based on your habits. So if you wake up every day and it's doom and gloom and you're feeling a certain way about a certain thing, that's perpetual. You're gonna to continue to do that on a daily basis and it's gonna become a habit and that habit's gonna become programming and program is gonna become your consciousness. It's deep rooted, like you don't even have to think about it. You just feel that way for no reason. <laughs> you know, it's subconscious at that point. And so now you have to shift that. And so now you have to put in the effort to think positive about a certain thing every single day to the point that it becomes a habit, to the point that it becomes programmed, to the point that it becomes subconscious. And so now when you wake up every day, you're feeling good and you're willing to conquer. And you're not even concerned about the distractions because you're so focused on what is it going to take for me to win? The distractions don't even affect you anymore. And even when you they do, you know how to adjust. You're agile and adaptive to know how to get over, beyond, and, and just overcome the challenges or the distractions that may show up in your life and then get back to that place. Everyone needs a place where they can go back to. You need to have a place where you can just go, regardless of all the distractions, it's, it's a place where you can just be present with yourself and reset. And when you have that, when you have that, it's, it's almost like your huddle. It's the place when you go, when the game is over and it's your drawing board and you can go and look at how you've been playing, what the opposition is doing, you reevaluate and then you get out and you go again. But you have to have that place where you can step away from what's going on to reevaluate yourself and reset. Yeah, so important. And what are the things that keep you in alignment? So what are some of the habits that you show up to every day to keep you in, you know, in a good mindset and a high vibe place? Well, I have a vision board. I've had a vision board ever since college. Um, before I even knew anything about vision boards, I had pictures of things that I wanted to accomplish in my life. So I, I was always a person that would you know, uh, had my mind fixed on wonderful things and things that I wanted out of life. And I think that's very, very important. Uh, Turn the TV off because I believe in, you cannot put out what you haven't put in. 
And so for people that are listening, they may be struggling to reach their goals, struggling to make progress, you know, struggling to put out a certain output or performance. My, my question to you is, what are you putting in? You can't, <laughs> you can't expect your car to run off orange juice. So right. if you're not putting good things in, you can't expect good things out. And so the things about the thing about putting good things in is it raises your level of expectation. And a lot of times we don't get what we want because we're not expecting it. We're not expecting it because we haven't done anything that would force us or move us to expect it. We're wishing and hoping. And that's not how the process works. And so I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of meditating. You know, I do a lot of focusing and visualizing. And then I do a lot of working on the things that I'm visualizing. Like, I don't just visualize and be done. I visualize and then I go try to do the thing that I visualize. I try to bring that forward. I try to educate myself on a daily basis. I try to read every day. I try to write down the things that I want to accomplish for the day and check those off. I evaluate how am I doing against those things? How am I feeling about myself? And it seems like a lot of work, but it's not. These are just little things that have become habitual for me that I do, and I'm checking in with myself every day. I practice stillness every day. I wake up and I put something good in my mind. I don't wake up and turn on the news. I don't wake up and ask Alexa, what's the headline? I don't do any of that. I wake up, first thing I'm doing, I'm going to work out. But before I work out, while I'm getting ready for my workout, I'm listening to something motivated. I'm listening. To, someone is telling me I can do all things, that you know I can make it, that my goal is possible. I have that ringing in my ear every single day. And you begin to believe that. That's programming you. I mean, you're talking about a spinal cord injury. There's no cure for spinal cord injury. There was nothing but faith, determination, belief that I could overcome that. And as a result of that power of hearing that every day, I begin to believe it. And something is happening in my body that is causing <laughs> things to happen for me that is towards the vision that I have for myself. And I'm no different than anyone else. If I can do that, you can do that. And so it's creating a, an environment for success. What is your environment? Is your environment toxic? Creating a, a, an environment where you feel successful. Now, you can create that in your own home. Uh, so good. Can I clap for you? <laughs> <laughs> that is so, so good. It's so true. Like, and, and really, you know, just like you're saying, it's like, it's, it's just a, it's a mindset shift. It's a perspective shift. Right. And it builds over time. And Absolutely. I have a vision board too. I've always had vision boards. I have the wildest stories of, of literally having everything on a vision board come to manifestation. And the funniest part is that when I create them, sometimes I'm picking out pictures and words and I don't really know what they mean yet. And then over time, it like reveals itself to me, right? It just, it's like, oh, that's what that word meant, right? Because something shows up in my reality that is exactly the meaning of the word that I didn't even know when I created it. So that is the magic of vision boards. I highly recommend that practice um, for all you guys listening. It's really powerful. So, and, and, and if I could just offer up, you know, the thing that we're talking about here is co-creation. And yep. it, it's, it's probably a completely new show and I know we don't have time for it right now but I just want everyone to to just know that if you have the ability to think you have the ability to co-create and that's just a fact if you don't trust me go look it up for yourself 
it's on Google. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go to a you don't have to go to a guru or a coach or a master to figure this out. You can just go on Google and just start talking about the law of attraction, and you can learn for yourself how thoughts become things. And so that's what I mean by when I talk about you know what you're putting into your mind, because your mind is a tool of divine operation. That's what it is. And you can co-create with your mind. And when you can integrate your mind with your heart, oh my goodness, you become a powerful individual. And the reason why it's so critical that you integrate with your heart, because your feelings and your emotions about things drives who you are. It drives your behavior. It wasn't until I changed my feelings about my accident that I was able to do something positive because my feelings about it was so negative. If your feelings about COVID-19 are negative, the first thing we got to focus on is changing your feelings about it. And I understand that's difficult, but in order to do that, you have to start looking at the positives Looking at what's good, there is a lot of good, but you can't see it because you're focused and you're feeling all the negative effects of it. And I'm not saying that they don't exist, but you can focus more on the positive to the point that the negative doesn't matter because you're focused on the positive. And when you can get your emotions so strong about what's what's available and what's possible and the opportunities in the opposition, you will only focus on those things and that's how you win. That's how winning is done. It's so, I just wanted to I just wanted to leave that. Oh, it's so powerful. That is awesome. You're awesome. Thank you for the gift of you and your important and beautiful message. I'm just I'm grateful. I I feel the light behind you. Um and I think whenever I see that in people, it just it gives me so much like hope and encouragement for, for where we are, where we're heading, some of the incredible people that are on this planet, just sharing their light and, and sharing their hearts. And you're definitely one of those. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Oh man, it was a pleasure. Thank you. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the soul frequency show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the soul frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes. Mm -hmm.